In this morning's Tech Byte, YouTube and Google will no longer host ads on climate change denial content. Heads up, Joy-Con Drift may be here to stay. And more power, Johannesburg signs private electricity generation deal. Good morning and welcome to Stuff's Tech Byte, a quick wrap-up of all the local and international tech news you might have missed. YouTube's on a bit of a roll as far as coming down hard on misinformation is concerned. Last week, the video-sharing platform announced a stern ban on all vaccine misinformation. Now, it and its parent company, Google, are going after climate change denialists. The pair will no longer host ads alongside, or monetize, content that contradicts well-established scientific consensus around the existence and causes of climate change. An announcement post on Google's Ads Help page details the change in ad policy. According to the search giant, a number of advertisers have become increasingly concerned about their ads running alongside content making or perpetuating inaccurate claims about climate change. Similarly, advertisers don't want other ads promoting these same views playing on their own videos. Which is understandable. It's hardly a good look for your company if people see it advertising alongside, thereby funding, videos espousing wildly anti-science claims about climate change. For example, Content referring to climate change as a hoax or a scam claims to deny that long-term trends show the global climate is warming, and claims denying that greenhouse gas emissions or human activity contribute to climate change. Now, with an issue as nuanced as climate change, YouTube has to be pretty thorough when deciding what content constitutes climate change denial, and so will employ a mix of AI and algorithm-assisted tools in tandem with human review to enforce its new policy. YouTube will specifically compare suspected videos' claims with official and expert-led discussions and reports on the matter. The platform has consulted a number of authoritative sources, including several researchers whose works have been included in the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Google and YouTube plan to bring this new policy into effect at the beginning of next month. If you're a long-time Nintendo Switch owner, unless you're incredibly lucky, you've no doubt experienced the dreaded Joy-Con drift a mechanical failure that causes ghost inputs when players aren't using their joysticks, the results of which range from annoying and tedious to downright game-breaking. There are few things more annoying than a camera wildly spinning about every time you lift your thumb off the right joystick. Nintendo has come under fire for Joy-Con drift since the Switch's release back in 2017. The only real fix for most consumers is to buy new controllers, and those don't come cheap. Unfortunately, it isn't a problem that's going to be fixed anytime soon, if ever. With the release of the new Nintendo Switch OLED model, Nintendo released a Q&A regarding the improved console's development, where lead developers Koshiota and Toru Yamashita basically stated that Joy-Con wear is inevitable. The full Q&A is rather long, but worth a read, detailing the development process of the new OLED Switch and everything going on inside of it. But the real sour note is the implication that Joy-Con wear, with drift as a result, is largely unavoidable, despite developers' best efforts to thwart it so far. Car tires wear out as the car moves, as they are in constant friction with the ground to rotate, replied Shiota when asked about Joy-Con drift. So with that same premise, we asked ourselves how we can improve durability, and not only that, but how can both operability and durability coexist? It's something we are continuously tackling. That last line is particularly disheartening. The basic implication here is that Nintendo is working on it, but doesn't have any major solutions at the minute, and can't say when it eventually might. And while the car tire analogy is fitting, for the most part, car tires can be replaced. Joy-Con thumbsticks, in most people's cases, can't. 
The Switch's Joy-Cons have been upgraded and improved over the years with all new Switch models, including the OLED and Lite, including them. Repairs are made using the most up-to-date hardware as well. Unfortunately, drift remains an obnoxious and all-too-common problem, and probably will for some time. Nintendo's flagship console isn't the only one to experience drift issues. PS5 users began to report drift issues back in February, not four months after the launch of Sony's shiny new consoles. While the country is in the midst of unplanned blackouts, the newly appointed mayor of the city of Johannesburg has announced that the municipality has signed a two-year deal with a private power plant. The privately owned Kelvin power station will assist in reducing the city's reliance on the country's state-owned provider for that oh-so-important electronic juice. According to the newly elected Johannesburg mayor Mpo Moirane, the deal with Kelvin will help significantly reduce electricity outages in the city. According to Business Tech, Kelvin Power Station is the only large privately owned coal-fired power plant in the country, located near OR International Airport. The station was owned by the city of Johannesburg until 2001, after which it was sold to a string of private entities consecutively. Right now it's owned by a consortium that includes big money names like Investec, Nedbank Capital and Aldwin International. This deal will help increase generation capacity to service some of the metro's key areas, including Soweto, Orange Farm, Dipsluet, Ivory Park, Fintown and Santon. The challenges of electricity supply from ESCOM in these areas, especially the prolonged outages experienced by residents in recent months, make it urgent to enter into a new agreement with Kelvin. We want to move from the position where power outages are normalised in some areas, especially where the majority are living below the breadline, the mayor said. The deal will not only add around 100 megawatts of capacity to the city's grid, but may even reduce electricity costs, according to the Gauteng Premier, David Mabuza. This comes as the country faces stage 2 load shedding from 9pm on Friday 8th of October to 5am Saturday 9th of October. This has since been prolonged to Thursday the 14th of October. Thanks for listening to Stuff's Tech Byte. We'll be back again tomorrow with all the local and international tech news you might have missed.